the government doesn't have to be the vehicle through which we create these types of safety precautions and regulations. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Bigger Hearts, Deeper Minds. I am your host, Brad Johnson, and today we're talking about how the government is just one big nanny state. And I've been thinking about this episode for a long time. I'm very excited to be doing this content today, and we're going to get into a lot of good thoughts, a lot of good, just a lot of good information about things that I don't think people think about nearly as much as they should. And really just examining from four big areas in culture how and why the government just puts its hands into everything. And frankly, it it puts its hands into so many things that it, it doesn't even need to be involved in. So let's go ahead and jump right into it. So before we go into anything else, I should probably define first what I mean by nanny state. So, and really just nanny in general. (laughs) So any anything that's described as like a nanny state or being a nanny, it's it's basically someone that's looking after you when really you should be looking after yourself, or at least that's what it's come to mean culturally. Obviously, the, where it really comes from, the word nanny is you know someone who's able to step in for parents if parents are busy or or whatever, and that that's understandable. That that can have its place. It's basically the same idea as a babysitter. Parents can't always be available for their kids. They might have things that they need to do separately or they just want to take a vacation or something like that. But without getting too complicated, basically a, a nanny state um, or a nanny presence in culture is basically anyone or anything that is doing something for you that you should have the capacity or the interest in doing yourself. And people have come to believe over the years that the government is there to do things that businesses cannot do or that families cannot do or frankly that individuals cannot do and that gets that gets uh, that gets hairy quickly because if the government is doing something that a business individual or family cannot do um, or perceivably so it begs the question why can wh- why can't the individual or the business do that so case in point, and we'll, we'll go ahead and start with this, is professional licensing and you know professional forms of legal business, if you will. The government imposes tons of fees and regulations and paperwork on businesses and individuals in order to do certain things. So if you want to start a business, you have to have an employer identification number, you have to have a sales tax ID or license, um, if you're doing wholesale, you have to have a wholesale license or a reseller's permit. You typically have to have um, other paperwork that goes along with like setting up your business uh, for a specific location. If you're doing like a, a food business or some type of you know physical physically based business, there's going to be paperwork that goes with that. You have to have your business has to be up to a certain health code. You have to have everything complying with zoning regulations. You can't use a commercial property for something other than what it was intended for or like licensed for. And so I could go on and on, but and I should add too, you're going to be paying taxes. You know, you're going to be 
there's a bunch of paper paperwork you have to fill out to show that you're doing everything above board so that you're you're paying your employees you know you're giving them health benefits if that's legally required for the type of people that you're hiring there's a whole bunch of separate stuff that goes with independent contractors if you're doing that instead of hiring people full-time I could go on and on and I don't even know the half of it because I'm not a tax or small business expert but I, I have done some of this stuff before and I know generally what people what the government expects of small business owners and just business in general and so the point is the government puts all these regulations on people just to get started and you know you might say things like well hey what about that health code stuff like don't you want people to be healthy and not you know get sick because some business sold them bad food or whatever like yeah of course but the government doesn't have to be the vehicle through which we create these types of safety precautions and regulations when it comes to licensing there are there are so many different professions that require licenses and certifications. Now, I do want to take a moment to point out that certifications and licenses are different. A certification is more of an educational standpoint. It's it's a educational vehicle through which a educational body says this person is approved to do this type of work or we've we've tested this person on their knowledge and skills and because they passed the certification exam we give our stamp of approval for their type of work obviously certifications are pretty much universal you can find them in any any industry but where things get tricky and where I believe the government has t way too much overreach is the government often says, well, if you're going to do a certain profession, like if you're going to do, if you're going to be a hairdresser, if you're going to be a plumber, um, an electrician, you know, something to that effect, there's many others too, then you have to get a license. You, you have to get our approval in order to do what you want to do. And so the reason we should emphasize certifications more than licenses is because a license is basically saying you have permission to do this, whereas a certification is saying, you have the knowledge and skills to do this and you have the you have the professionalism to do this and engage in this type of work for compensation so i mean if if you're listening to this or you're watching this video and you've seen you you've gone to be like a hairdresser or some type of other you've gone into the trades or some type of profession that just requires you to be licensed in order to do that type of work you probably know what I'm talking about. You probably know way more than I'm I, I'm even saying. But I do know that there are ongoing licenses. I mean, you know, even if you're a nurse, you have to, I know that you have to take a, a test, like a certain frequency. You, you have to take a, you have to retake a test often enough in order to be basically a, a nurse that is approved by, you know, the healthcare system and or the government. And so there's so many professions where the government is saying, you can't do this unless you have our permission. And in order to get our permission, you have to take a test or you have to fill out paperwork and you have to pay this big fee. And only then you can be approved to do it. So basically, what we should do instead is we should have systems where the same educational bodies, the same, you know, like if, if you have like a hairdresser's associate, association or something like that, that should be the organization certifying people, 
still through, you know, appropriate means. Like it, it shouldn't just be like a, a quick and easy thing. It should still be you're working towards it. You're challenged by it. But then when you pass that certification from the educational body, you are good to go because as writers like Danny Chabino from Being Libertarian, I hope I pronounced your, your last name correctly, say, um, he writes in this awesome article about professional licensing that the people who know the most about any particular profession are the people who are in the profession themselves. Like if I want to learn how to make a pizza, I'm not going to go to the government to learn how to make an amazing pizza. I'm going to go consult the best pizza maker that I know. I'm going to go, I'm going to go talk to, you know, the people who I've eaten their pizzas before. And I'm like, I want to learn how to make a pizza that, that that's that great. I'm not going to go to the government to tell me how to do that because they're not going to know anything. They're just the they're just the people who manage the red tape and say, oh, you can go here and you can go there, but you know, forget about anything else. So I love Danny's point because that is really how industries and organizations thrive anyways. They 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 encourage people to learn more about what the profession looks like by educating them, testing them, training them, giving them ongoing education, that is that is the type of world that we need to shift to, not not a world where there's more and more paperwork and more and more licenses required by the government. So that is the first first way out of four that we'll cover in this episode that the government is basically a nanny state. The second, and this is probably the biggest and the one that is easiest to spot is taxes. And as you know, especially if you've been listening to this podcast or other liberty-minded podcasts for a while, the government has been taxing people for decades. And there's a tax on everything. I mean, you don't need to be very old for me to tell you that there's a tax on, you know, retail purchases, there's taxes on e-commerce, there's taxes on filling out certain types of paperwork. There's there's a tax on everything. There's real estate tax, there's licensing taxes, there's property taxes, you know. There's a, there's taxes are about as thick as the air we breathe. So you might be asking, so like what's the what's the whole big deal about taxes? Why are taxes such a thorn in the side of libertarians? You know, why why is that something that is just so bothersome to people like us? Um the reason for that is because taxes are basically a way of saying you don't know how to spend your own money. We're going to take that money from you and we're going to redistribute it and give it to the areas that we think need to, you know, the areas that we believe will benefit the most from the money that we've taken from you. So obviously, it's especially true of, of the liberal side of things, but some conservatives have gripes with libertarians about taxes as well. And one of the one of the biggest things I hear is, well, if we didn't have taxes, we wouldn't be able to help the poor, the sick, the needy, the people who have fallen on hard times, people who have lost their jobs. And I agree. I believe it is it is a sign of a healthy society to voluntarily help those who are struggling, especially in the, you know, large and complex society that we live in today, just speaking about America alone, not even referencing the rest of the world at the moment. America is a large nation. We're 335 million people, I think, somewhere around there. And, you know, tons of different cultures, 
people, backgrounds, languages, customs, we're all, it's, it's the melting pot idea, right? But without getting too far off track, I totally believe that it is important for people to help each other and show each other support and compassion, especially when people need it. That doesn't mean that the government is the best way to use a system like taxation. That doesn't mean that government is the best solution for these societal problems and people who have fallen on hard times. That is why libertarians emphasize voluntarism. Personally, I donate a certain amount of my income each month to various organizations, things that I care about. It's, it's, a mix, it's a mix of organizations and the type of work that they do, so I won't get into details, but I'm certainly not the only person who does that. There's many people who do that. that. That is really what it can look like in a healthy, flourishing society where people, people who care about a particular cause, they will donate to it. All you have to really do is get your message in front of the right people, make, make a great ask, and you know that is how nonprofits succeed. Obviously, there's always a challenge raising enough money and getting donors. It's not to say that everything just magically falls into place, but that is that is the best method to do things because number one, it's it's encouraging people to be responsible for the decisions they make and the organizations they support. Um, you can't do that with the government if if the government's just taking the money away and saying, you know, trust us with everything else. That is not a way to foster responsibility and paying attention to everything that's going on in the world. And number two, it allows people to be discerning in what they want to give to and, and how much they want to give. If there's if there's like five different causes that people that someone cares about, they can decide how much money they want to give to those five different causes. Plus it's I, I should toss in a third by letting people spend their own money, it it requires people to be prepared to help their own family and help their own, uh, you know, their own kids and and just their spouses and stuff like that. It it requires people to just be aware of everything that they're going to face in life, whether it's getting an emergency fund to, you know, have the money that you need when you've fallen on hard times and something unexpected happens, or you're just as life goes on, you and or your parent, well, obviously both you and your parents are, are getting older and you can help them out if need be. And that doesn't really happen with the government. Plus, the government can the government can and does basically just take, take everyone's money, put it into a giant pool and decide what they want to do with it. There is so much tax money that goes towards discretionary military spending in the U.S. And out of all the people that I see talking online and just all the content that's out there, I completely agree with the fact that the U.S. spends way too much money on military purposes, and we we could easily use even just a fraction of that money and put it back in people's pockets, or at the very least, I wouldn't consider this necessarily a, a small government win, but if we even took out some of the money away from military industrial stuff and, and put it towards like improving the educational structure or helping people, uh, I don't know, just, just doing anything better than that, like, like 
restructuring social security so that people actually get more of their own money that has been taken away from them and put into this system where they are promised quote unquote to get the money back at a certain time once they retire i mean social security as a system itself is completely broken it's it's not it i don't think it's going to exist in a few years because you either you either start telling people that they're going to get less money than they were promised or you just stop the whole system as a whole so that you can start paying back people what they've been promised i mean to to be spending more than is being put in that is that is just debt in a nutshell so anyways i think that that covers the uh the tax part pretty pretty effectively um People need to be trusted with their own money. People who are earning their own money, they need to be given an opportunity to spend that as they see fit, learn what it looks like to use money responsibly. And the more that people are entrusted with and the more that they learn how to do that on their own, the better things can go. It doesn't have to be... We don't have to live in a society where we're outsourcing all of our responsibility to other people or organizations. And that brings me to our next point. So the third out of four here is basically healthcare and safety and and personal safety. And we will get into the personal safety one uh, in a little, we'll we'll get into a more specific example of, of safety stuff in a minute. But healthcare is a massive thing that people like to talk about and everybody has their own opinion on it and understandably so. One of the biggest areas in which the government acts as a nanny for people is either, you know, universal health care and, you know, off offloading the responsibility of people to take care of themselves and make their own decisions and subsidizing um, products or services and Basically, subsidizing, subsidizing products and services that are going to benefit them in a certain way. And so here's what I mean. If you do your research and you do your own independent reading, you will find that the government is basically in bed with certain types of food and drink producers. Like, basically, when it comes down to it, the government, the media, and the healthcare system they are all in cahoots with each other because people who if if people are eating bad foods things that that don't support them things that are you know not not nutritious that creates people who are ill obese and chronically sick and they go into the healthcare system where the healthcare system doesn't really offer them the real solution which is hey you should you should be paying better attention to your health and making smarter choices about the food and drinks that you consume they basically just slap a band-aid on it and say, look, we're just going to fix the surface level problem, but if you have to come back, you know, that's fine. They obviously aren't going to say that, but that's effectively what it comes down to because if all you're doing is treating the the temporal issue and you're not treating the you're not treating the underlying cause of someone's chronic illness or anything like that, they're they're just going to either get worse or they're just going to get better for a little bit and then relapse and the cycle repeats. And so from there, you know, the more people are, are sold and proffered this idea of you can eat whatever you want, you can have all this salty, sh- sugary, fatty, 
terrible chemical, you know, chemical filled, additive filled food, and you're not having any real whole nutritious food and water and, and beverages, then it just creates this cycle where people don't, people don't have any motive to take care of themselves. Now, I'm not saying that you just tell people, oh, like, oh, gee, you're, you're just, you're never going to be able to take care of yourself. We might as well take care of you for you. No, that's not the case at all. The point is there's a system in place that is robbing people of the awareness to be able to take care of themselves in the right way. People are responsible at the end of the day, and it is it is not hard. Believe it or not, today it's probably easier than it ever has been in human history to find healthy, nutritious foods to eat and, and to start to make a healthy lifestyle for yourself, and that includes exercise and sleep. Yeah, people people don't want that because you can just easily go to McDonald's or the closest fast food restaurant near you. You can pick up a burger and fries and a milkshake, and you can do that five, six, seven times a week, maybe more, and it just tastes amazing, and you don't have to work for it. You're not growing it yourself. You're, you're eating literal food products. You're not eating like food itself. So it's it's a very complex issue, but people have to be able to make these choices themselves because um, if they don't make these choices themselves, they will never learn how to create healthy lifestyles. If, if you never have the opportunity to be responsible, you will never learn responsibility. And so that's really what it's about, is learning how to be a self, self-governing, self-guiding person, someone, who's a, someone who exercises your autonomy, someone who's able to take information, understand if it's useful or not useful, or harmful or beneficial, and then live out your standard of life that way. And so continuing with the idea of safety and just personal health, something that just doesn't get nearly as much attention as it should, and this comes from James Smith, uh, he's a writer for Being Libertarian. I'll, I'll link his article in the description below. He, off, he he points out a great point. He says, quote, We often see headlines like call for increasing taxes on soft drinks, yet never call for government to leave everyone alone. Why is that? Has the inclination for personal choice been totally battered out of us? End quote. And I, I completely agree with that. It's basically saying, if something bad happens, tell the government to tell people not to do it or tell the government to make a law that will force people not to do it or de-incentivize them, you know, not to do it. And so that is just that is just the perfect point. It goes back to what I said a minute ago. If if you're taking away the opportunity that people even have to make a smart decision or a dumb decision, you're taking away their opportunity to benefit or to fail from that decision. And it it creates this this dependency on the government and you know systems of authority. It creates this pattern where people don't learn how to be autonomous free individuals. It creates a world where people are just constantly dependent upon other people, other systems. And this just creates a world where people are not flourishing. It's it's the opposite of freedom dependency and relying on other people just constantly in every area of your life that is the opposite of freedom so going to another story here this is from the main wire this is all the way back in 2015 
It feels like a small eternity ago. So apparently there was some kid that lit fireworks off the top of his head and he he killed himself or he accidentally killed himself because of that. And apparently people were asking that the government step in and, and say, you know, put, a, put restrictions on fireworks and make new laws such that people can't like do this stuff anymore. All the while ignoring the fact that this kid literally lit <laughs> fireworks off the top of his head. And I'm, I'm laughing because I, I just, that, that takes, that takes a, a surprising level of stupidity to be able to go through with. I, I, I don't know how you can expect to not be hurt doing that. But anyways, I think any, anyone with half a brain would know, don't light fireworks off the top of your head. You're probably going to hurt yourself, if not kill yourself. And yet people are saying the government needs to do something about this instead of just saying that kid made a very poor decision and he it cost him his life and it should really be the parents that raised that kid or the you know talking with the friends the family the community around that kid to see what was this kid thinking when he lit fireworks off the top of his head and I'll link I'll link this article in the description below so you can take a look if you're interested in reading the whole story but this seems to be more and more prevalent, not just in like healthcare and food and fireworks, but really just every year, uh, everywhere, not every year. Um, it seems to be prevalent every everywhere now, and I just, I'm just surprised that people would rather point the finger at the government rather than point the finger at at who is actually responsible for it. But honestly, at the same time, I understand why people would rather do that because it, it creates an enemy outside, you know, it creates accountability outside of yourself. No one wants to be accountable for their own actions, personal responsibility, individual responsibility. These things are not what people crave. No one wants to be told, hey, you messed up. You should have done something different, even though probably 90% of the time, that's what happened. Occasionally, there are things where you didn't do anything wrong, you weren't making a dumb decision, and something else just prevented you from getting the result you wanted. But honestly, 80 to 90% of the time, maybe even more, it's it's personal responsibility and, and people are not willing to people are not willing to look at themselves and say, what did I do wrong? What what could I have learned and what should I do better next time? So that's the third thing. The fourth thing, and this has also been a, a hot button issue on multiple sides of the political spectrum over the years is same-sex marriage, specifically in the U.S. And so I had to look this up because I, I forgot how recent or not recent it was, but this comes from Wikipedia and it says, quote, in the United States, the availability of legally recognized same-sex marriage expanded from one state in 2004 to all 50 states in 2015, through various state and federal court rulings, state legislation, and direct popular votes, end quote. I actually thought it was a longer time ago. I, I didn't realize that um, gay marriage wasn't fully legalized in all 50 U.S. states until just 2015, only about six years ago at this point. That is, uh, that's surprising to me. I, I honestly thought it was more like 2007 or 2008, but, you know, there's a couple interesting points that I want to get to in, in this sub point, but the the main part of how it ties into the government being a nanny state is this this is where 
you know, the libertarian in, in me comes out, but the government doesn't have the right to tell people, to, to tell two consenting adults what they want to do with their lives. That includes, you know, their love life, things that happen in private. I wholeheartedly believe that it is not the government's job to legislate morality or to tell people what they can and cannot do. And probably the, at least one of the most blatant areas this applies in, in my view is in gay marriage and just L, the whole LGBT community in general. A human is a human and people deserve to be treated with dignity and respect no matter what type of sexual orientation they have. Now, I do want to say as a Christian, my, my personal viewpoint on gay marriage and just you know, LGBT lifestyles is very different. But as a libertarian, I fully recognize that it is not, like I said, it is not the government's job to tell people what to do. When it comes to religion and your personal spiritual views, you have to decide what what are your spiritual views? What what do you believe about, you know, whatever whatever God or faith that you've chosen to follow? Again, this is this is the libertarian me saying like People have free choice. As a Christian, I, I believe people have free choice too um, to decide who they want to follow, what their lifestyle is going to look like, and and the eternal ramifications of that. But like I've like I've said before, on a on a human and governmental level, it is not the government's job to be God. It is that is a very dangerous idea. In fact, the the government cannot be God because that is saying that the government has replaced God, and I. That is obviously not the case, and I would never believe that to be the case. So the point is that people should be free to make the decisions that they want to make. And a lot of people can make a certain decision at one point in their life, and they, they go in a different direction later. And that can be positive or negative, depending on the context, and also just the person's perception of like what's going on. So hopefully that's that's clear enough, but it's basically just identifying that the government can't tell people who to marry it, it can't tell people who not to marry it's it's something that personally like if you're a christian like me and you you believe that you know marriage is for a man and a woman then by all means that's that is the life that christians have been called to and that is that is the life that i would expect any christian to live by but that doesn't mean everybody's Christian, and that doesn't mean everybody's going to agree with Christianity, and that's fine. That is kind of the point of a free society, is that Christians aren't beating other people down with Christianity, and that other people aren't beating Christians down with, you know, secularism or, or whatever it may be. And I'm not trying to say that, you know, I'm not trying to defend people who have done that. I, I think it's bad on both sides. People should, people of either belief should just let people be. And that's kind of the point of libertarianism is just live and let live. So it can get complex sometimes, but ultimately by the government stepping out of people's individual, moral, spiritual, and personal decisions, that is creating freedom, not limiting it. So that, that is all four of the, um, that is all four points about how the government is a nanny state or just a nanny in general. I hope you enjoyed this episode. You can find us on the web at www.biggerheartsdeeperminds.com. 
and we post blog posts there regularly as well as episode transcriptions and other news. If you want to join our email list, you can do so by sending a blank email to bhdm at bcast.email. All of our email subscribers receive uh, merch discounts, upcoming news, episode notifications, all that good stuff. Again, that's bhdm at bcast.email. Just send a blank email to that address and you'll be automatically added. You can find us on social media and elsewhere on the web. We're on Facebook, Instagram, um, probably a couple others. I'm forgetting YouTube, obviously. And yeah, really appreciate you checking out the show. Hope to see you in another episode in the future. Thanks. Thanks.